Taste buds, have you ever had a craft beer while doing yoga in an art museum? Well, that's the kind of stuff that goes down in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No wonder it was named the Midwest's coolest and most underrated city by Vogue magazine. Milwaukee even hosts the biggest music festival in the world. I did not know this. Uh, I was unaware of this. It's called Summerfest, and people actually surf there. Okay. It is sometimes random in Milwaukee, but it's always wonderful. Go to visit milwaukee.org slash plan to get your trip started. My culinary comrades, it is a great time to be alive. It is a great time to be a hungry person. Welcome to a summer edition of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your hungry host, Joe House. My taste buds, we have today... A summer edition of Food News. A lot of stories in the month of June, the end of May. We're in the first few weeks here of July, and stuff is happening in the food world. We're all going down to Flavor Town. <laughs> Juliet is away. Uh, she's on a well-deserved vacation. So the chief, Craig Gaines, is available. He stepped right in and seamlessly helped us through several delicious stories. We cover all corners of the world today, my taste buds. Let's get in that belly with the chief and some food news. All right, my taste buds, you know how we do it here at House of Carbs. It is time for some food news. This is going to be... A beautiful, extended summertime edition. We have the whole month of June. We're into July. A lot of great stories popping up on the food feed, so to speak. I'm joined today by none other. The inimitable Craig, the chief Gaines, is in the house. We're together in Los Angeles, California. We gave Juliet uh, a break this week from House of Carbs, the food news. Juliet uh, is enjoying a well-deserved vacation, a well-deserved time away from the office. But the chief is an absolutely perfect stand-in for what we've got lined up today. How you doing, my friend? I, I, I hope so. This is a lot of responsibility taking on food news. Quite the franchise here, um, but I'm going to give it all I got. I'm doing great. How are you? I, I'm, I'm terrific. So I, I understand you were just recently on the East Coast your own self. I was. I was in New York for a few days uh, at uh, Ringer, Ringer East Coast, which was great. And then I was home for a few days. There was a sort of impromptu family reunion in the, the, the north woods of Michigan terrific. with a bunch of siblings. Yeah. Uh, did you do any good eating? I did some. I did some very good eating in Michigan. It was a lot of barbecue. That's what a lot they, of grilling out. Yes, you're, you're in the woods. There's fire. There's meat. I mean, there's really. It is that time of season. One hundred percent. Yeah, it was. It was great. There was. There was a pancake breakfast oh, one morning. Yeah, the kids love the pancake right. breakfast. Right, it's a requirement. A summer 
a cherished summer tradition. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, had uh, one pretty good pizza dinner uh, in New York oh, as well. Good. I'm going to okay. say I've, I've had better, but it was it was very good. Okay, so we're not naming so, names. This isn't like a top twenty right. one of these. We didn't do a bucket list New York I, pizza. Joint. I would never BS you on on House of Carbs. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. One, one thing I wanted to ask you about before we dove into the news when yeah. I was in Michigan, hanging out with my my copious amounts of nieces and nephews one one day. Uh, we popped um, Never Ending Story into the DVD player. Hadn't seen that one in years. And I wanted to educate the youth about yeah. what Well, I'm glad great... in the first place that you had a DVD player. You didn't have to get Absolutely. a v- VHS player no, for No, that's this. right. I know. I mean, I know. this is a way back, way right. back movie. My parents might have gotten on the black market. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, at the very beginning, this is pertinent to food, food and food news. At the very beginning of the film, young Bastion is uh, sitting in the kitchen and is cold kind of taciturn father is uh there in his uh, three-piece suit and he's going to have a, a sit down with bastion uh but before he does have his breakfast and talk with his young son he makes breakfast for himself and uh i i i remember seeing this back in the day but i completely forgotten it was absolutely revolting to me we just have to talk about it for a minute <laughs> this was breakfast for bastion's dad in never-ending story you have a blender you pour in maybe like a cup and a half of orange juice, you crack a single raw egg, you blend it for about five seconds, and then you just drink the thing. That's what dad was, that was dad's breakfast and never ending story. He wasn't, we were talking about this before, Kyle Astuli brought up, I mean, that's what Rocky had, but look, Rocky did, it was like multiple eggs, right? And also Rocky was training to be a fighter. This guy, I can't remember, he's like a banker or something. <laughs> yeah, Rocky was in a protein building mode. This yeah. was a muscle building, he needed the, the protein load. Yeah. To properly take on uh, Apollo Creed. Yes. The, the dad in Never Ending Story was not, I don't believe, in a training regimen. He was not. This a- was, absolutely not. No. This was just breakfast. Now, re- remind me, the era in which Never Ending Story is set, is that a, is it the 70s or the, or the uh, 80s, early 80s? I think 80s? it's like the early, early mid-80s. Yeah, okay, yeah. mid-80s. Got it. It's right around Rocky time. Well, so right. this is the thing. There was a time in our, uh, in our lives when... A, a raw egg was part of the American breakfast diet. Incredible. It, and, and it is incredible. Now, it, it is, I don't know why it is the case that the uh, American palate has changed over the, the couple decades in the way that it has, that you, you described it as, as revolting. Mm-hmm. I, I also find it, the idea of it repulsive. But, you know, um, in terms of of the the benefit of eggs and and what they deliver mm-hmm. to you, the the in addition to the protein, the other vitamins, a raw egg is is not a bad vehicle. Sure, it's, it's a, still a reasonable vehicle for delivering all of those those good things. It, it's not diminished by uh, eating it raw versus having it cooked. It's just diminished in, in terms of in, enjoying eggs because eggs are delicious. They're they're delicious. They're a foundation of my own personal diet. So the the real question is, uh, in, in, in the American palate, why did people at that point in time go for the efficiency of, of the raw egg versus you know enjoying what that raw egg had had to deliver? I don't know. And that, this was you know pre cell phones. This is when actually people had time to enjoy their lives instead of, you know, we're now all doing, you would think you would be doing it now when we're all doing five things at once. And, you know, we, we you know, the, the minute you wake up, you're checking your email and everything. Oh, I don't have time to actually make a breakfast. I'm just going to blend up a raw egg and orange juice. What? No, no, no one's doing that. Nobody now. does that. Now, look, let me be fair to raw eggs. 
Let's not be smirch raw eggs. Yeah. I love me some cookie dough. Whiskey sour. Whiskey sour. Abs- there are all sorts of, of cocktails that sure. either have like egg whites or the, the whole the whole thing. That's right. What's a what that has the yolk in it? I've never seen one with a yolk in oh, it. Oh, maybe not. Okay. I maybe I was I was I'm just no, making curious. That I bet we could find one. I'm sure we could find I, one. I think it exists. Yeah, but egg whites definitely. For sure. I get a little nauseous place. when I watch the bartender do it, but it really sure. is good. It's it really delicious. Good. Absolutely. And again, I mean, like my wife and I were just talking about this last night. We were watching TV. Let's just have some cookie dough. You know, sure. just like, I mean, we didn't do it. We're, <laughs> it was in the middle of the week. Come on. We're, we're respectable people. <laughs> You're not animals. Yeah. Right. But it was, it was, it was in play and that was going to, it's just, I guess the raw egg was a little more hidden. This was just extremely out there. The orange juice even like amplified it. I agree. Bit. This is the thing that, that combination, the idea of an entire breakfast in a single, you know, couple of, of gulps. In addition to the efficiency point that you made, which it feels like it would be the kind of thing that somebody would introduce now and rebrand it and try and call it something and and it would fit the lifestyle that we have, it maybe was like indicative of the onset of, uh, you know, efficiency life taking yeah, over. Right. 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 Like, isn't that when the, 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 the Gordon Gecko movie is set in that same Correct. time frame? That's right. And, you know, if you're not uh, making money, you're not living. That's right. So right. Uh, maybe that's where the dad's brain was at. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. trying to lead, lead that banker life. Right. You would think that some of the salesmen in like Glengarry Glenn Ross were probably doing that as well. Yeah. If they weren't if they weren't closing, then, you know, they were they were out of the. That, out of the whole deal. That's right. No coffee if that's you're right. not closing. You don't get coffee and and you can, you know, raw eggs are for closers. Raw eggs are for closers. <laughs> that's it. Well, uh, let's let's I mean, we'll see if the hungry homies of the taste buds have any thoughts yeah, for us I'll out be there fascinated. to help us understand why it is. This stage of life, the orange juice and the egg is just the combination of that is 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 nauseating it really because is. of like the what I'm imagining the taste profile. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I they don't I, go. I, I'm trying to not imagine the taste profile, but it's right there, and it just doesn't bring me any any joy whatsoever. All right, well, putting the, the call out to all the culinary comrades, hit us up if you have some thoughts on where that drinking the raw egg thing came from and why it is that you think we we all got smarter right and just got to, right yes. got away from yes. from that let's talk about some stories let's d- let's do it there there's it, it was a packed june we have a lot lot to talk about this is going to be great i'm thrilled um let's just dive right in um i have something here from uh the lovely delish.com mm-hmm. i'm just i'm going to start with the headline because the headline really packs in quite a lot Popeye's new wingspan box is nearly seven feet long and holds 77 boneless wings, 11 biscuits, and 11 servings of fries. And then the deck says, so like dinner for one, which is pretty funny. Um, that's, that's a lot of fast food. I know that you have um, some specific thoughts on boneless wings and that you and uh, the CEO of this company uh, have some uh, strong disagreements about uh, b- boneless wings. We can uh, we can get into that uh, as well. Um, oh, and I guess one other thing that we should point out about this: the story says, uh, let's see, the massive 82-inch uh, wingspan box, which is a real thing that actually exists, debuts today. Uh, this is in June 19th. Sadly, you can only get it in one place: the Canal Street Popeyes location in New Orleans. Is celebrating Draft Day by adding the sucker to its menu. Obviously, New Orleans, a very uh, excited place for the NBA draft. And Popeyes got got in on it. Um, house, th- this is a lot of um, f- uh, quick flash fried chicken morsels and other things. What are what, what are your initial impressions? Of well, this? Chief, let let's just be plain about it. You had me at Popeyes. I mean, fair. You know, if, we, if we're if that's the starting point for this, 
uh, it's very likely that I'm going to have a, a, a very favorable reaction mm-hmm. to this. Um, the the idea of of a of a wingspan driven inspiration and doing it down in New Orleans with the you know the new home of of Zion Williamson, um, quite brilliant. Yep. And uh, I the, the the only uh quibble. I, I might offer. I also absolutely adore having it uh, available coincident with the NBA draft. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. a celebration sure. for all of New Orleans. Um, the only quibble I have is the 11 servings of fries. It's a lot of fries. Well, and it at Popeye's, it is my single least favorite yeah. side item. They have so many great other right. side items right. and other side items that I think personally are way more complimentary to the wings and the biscuits. What would you What would you sub in? Well, I I would if they would permit it. I like an array of Popeye sides. Mm-hmm. I would like there to be four orders of red beans and rice, okay. four orders of Cajun rice, mm-hmm. and four orders of coleslaw. Okay, and from there, what I do, I combine the Cajun rice and the red beans. I mean, yeah, the Cajun rice and the red beans and rice because. The Cajun rice is slightly dry. The red mm-hmm. beans provide a real texture. There's kind of a gravy to it. And then I also ask for on the side, if again, they'll permit it, if they can tolerate me at this Popeye's, um, the jalapeno gravy that they serve on the mashed potatoes. Oh my God. So the jalapeno gravy with the red beans and rice and the Cajun rice all mixed together is a lot of flavor. That's a party. And it also does, you can build it you know, depending on how you ratio things out into something that becomes a topping for the biscuits. Absolutely. So you're having, you can make yourself mini chicken sandwiches depending on how, like, how much you want to layer this concoction of the Cajun rice and the red beans and rice and the gravy. And with the coleslaw, the coleslaw goes on one side of the biscuit. You have a thin layer or a thicker layer, depending on your flavor uh, uh, ideal. And then you, you grab the boneless chicken wing and stick it inside there flavor party this is a, this is a popeye's architecture right here yes i love this i think also um if you were to go with your approach and then you wanted fries on the side there was another marketing opportunity to just have people walk into a popeye's and scream and one for any like additional side that they wanted <laughs> look i mean like who knows they, they they might have the number one pick down in new orleans again sometime soon well and I, just for this moment i mean they should have called you up this would have been this would have really enhanced their marketing thing but they they really this is a very very good uh you know effort a very good gesture I hope they sold a uh, hundred thousand of these. I, I hope so as well. I would love to know their 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 uh, final tally. Well, the take. The, yeah, I mean, it was, it was seventy five bucks a pop. So, it this is a party box, obviously. That's you're, right. You're having you know folks over. I don't know how many people they imagine would this would feed. Yeah. You know, yeah. too many fries for part, a party. That's, too many fries because the fries. I mean, agreement. the fries are going to be cold gonna be, in no time. They're going to be cold time, and right? useless. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's my view as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Maybe some shrimp in there, Popeyes next time. Sure. Well, shrimp. They, that's an that's an that's an upcharge. You have to upcharge. They have to you have to pay extra for the shrimp. I'm sure. I, I mean, you don't get Zion Williamson like every every year. You know. Well, I that's mean, right. That's let's, let's, let's what are you doing stuffing the Zion box with fries? I don't know. <laughs> it's an appropriate celebration for a man of Zion's stature. Um, one hundred percent. Great story. Let's uh, let's talk about um, other foodstuffs in conceivably long um, long arrays of packaging. Uh, this is from um, uh, 
uh, food and wine via Yahoo. Uh, headline is Corona unveils stackable cans that can be twisted together. And I'll read a little bit from the top. Eliminating single use plastic waste has once again taken hold of our collective conscious, uh, being it plastic, be it plastic bags or plastic straws or plastic bottles. Totally in support of that over here. But the beer world had one of the earliest plastic problems, those six pack rings. Um, getting rid of these rings became a big concern when word got out that they would entangle marine life. And yet here we are decades later, and the six-pack ring problem still hasn't been definitively solved. But Corona has unveiled another interesting solution, one that's been right in front of us the entire time, the cans themselves. Corona Fit Packs are specially designed to allow cans to interlock together like some sort of beer Lego system. Like nuts and bolts, each can is threaded on the top and bottom so that the top of one can can be screwed into the bottom of another. Corona explains that this system is strong enough to hold 10 cans in a single column. And then there's a video showing this. Um, I love this. It, it shows people walking around with these almost like swords of, of beer cans, um, which you know looks a little funny at first, but I can totally see the culture adopting this very quickly. Another reason that I like this house is, you know, sometimes maybe you want more than six, but you want fewer than 12. Oh. You know, it, you, can, you can just buy singles and then put them together however you want and then walk, walk along on your way. That's very cool. So that, this was going to be my, my opening question. Um, I was going to confess that in my life, it is very, very rare that I'm buying um, six pack of cans any longer. Mm -hmm. uh, not because I, I'm a snob. I still love canned beer. It's just if I'm buying canned beer, I'm buying it in a quantity greater than six. Sure. I want at a minimum 12 cans mm -hmm. because not only does it mean more beer, but it's also very stackable. Like they've right. gotten very right. good, very efficient with creating 12-pack boxes that can slide right into the fridge. Totally. And then they have the little, you know, self-automated, you know, cardboard. They drop down gravity, the, you know, whatever right. the, 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 the uh, cardboard beer manufacturer innovation where the cans just drop out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Terrific. Um, so I can't tell you the last time that I encountered a six pack with a plastic ring on it, which is clearly a good thing. Mm -hmm. But um, based on this story, it, it clearly persists. They're still, right? they're, they're still around, you know, sometimes let's say you're going to a barbecue and you're, you know, you're running late. You, you didn't have time to make, to make it, you know, coleslaw or something like that yes you run by the store and you get a sixer uh you know you could you could be like the guy who comes in with like 12 or 24 but look you know how barbecues go everyone comes all of a sudden there's like there's more beer than anyone knows what to do with. right bring a sixer you've um contributed more than like your fair share to the party and you haven't uh contributed too much now let's say uh let's say you do still want to do 12 i can have Double fisted. You have six, right. six, six in either hand. Yeah. And honestly, who knows? Maybe you're getting a little bit of like upper body work. You're doing some <laughs> curls sure. as you're as you're walking to the party. I guess one question I have is, you know, if you're if you're if you're getting one of these stacks and then you're and then you're walking to like a friend's party or something like that, you're going to be holding that middle can the entire time. I, I think that like you should at least um, make that can your own because you've probably warmed that one up just a little bit. Right? Well, that's that's a great point. Yeah. So the actual physical uh, 
logistics of of tackling this. I, I uh, haven't watched the video yet, but I that's a yeah. if you're carrying one single can, that yeah. can is susceptible. Right. It probably needs to be drunk as soon as you've arrived wherever you've that's, you, you've arrived. That's beer number one. I mean, also if you wanted to get really fancy with it, you could just travel with beer koozies all the time and just like that's the <laughs> oh. one, right? Well, you need an. It needs to be insulated. But I, I mean, they, they the story observes that that ten cans is is four feet tall. That's 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 a lot to to a walking carry. stick that's, at that point. What's wrong with that? Sure, but <laughs> okay, yes. Except for you don't want to put your beer on the ground, your beer on the ground, your beer on the ground. Yeah, I mean, how do you do you it? Know. You're not right. hold, are you balancing it? Because t- ten beers is heavy enough, right? There, I, I just need You're to talking get, me out of this house. <laughs> I get, I need to get to the bottom of of the most effective way to transport it. Right. I mean, ten is probably most people probably aren't going to do, probably aren't going to do ten. They could. It's a great party trick too. I mean, come on. The first time you walk into a party this summer with just like a like a a, a lance of yes. ten Corona cans, people are going to lose their minds. <laughs> That's, it's a great point. They'll get used to it very quickly, but the first time you do it, people are going to love it. It is funny. This will be my my cl- closing note. I'll observe this to you and get your reaction. Um, that Corona is the one innovating this because me personally, I always, always, always universally want to drink Corona out of a bottle. Uh, sure, with with the lime. Yeah, sure, got sure. it. That's that's the only way, the best way. The um, uh, there are plenty of 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 beers that I do like to drink out of a can, though that could uh, hopefully use this this technology. Let's let let's only hope that it that it spreads uh, throughout that's throughout right. the land. That's right. Beer innovation is great. Um, okay, let's um, let's let's move on here. Uh, another um, very awkward uh, topic. Um, this is uh, this is coming to us from uh, Fox News headline. Grandfather accidentally brings cake laced with marijuana to nurses as a thank you gift. And I'll read a little bit from the uh, story here. Um, this was in the this was in the UK. A grandfather trying to say thanks to a group of nurses accidentally took the term baking a cake a little too literally. Heyo. Uh, the man reportedly unknowingly gifted the nurses a cake laced with marijuana. The dessert was allegedly left over from his grandson's 18th birthday party. So there's, a, there's already a lot going on here. Uh, staff members <laughs> reportedly noticed a strange odor coming from the cake and notified Cheshire police. Uh, it was at that point, it was discovered that the cake was laced with marijuana. It was then destroyed and authorities began an investigation. So, I mean, just m- tons of questions here. M- my first one, I, I, how, how do you think that the police responsibly destroyed a marijuana cake? Like, did they have protocols for this? Um, I hope it was with their hands in their mouths. <laughs> That's the only responsible way to destroy a, a marijuana cake. I will say this. You you are absolutely right. This is a, a, a story with far more questions than answers, Chief. That's right. In the first place, if it smells like marijuana, it's a failure. Yeah, it's a right. failed birthday cake. Right. It right. is not supposed to smell. No. If you've used marijuana, the THC is a, a, that ingredient to build a, li- a a baked cake, yeah. it is not supposed to have any of that kind yeah. of. So this idea of lacing it suggests to me a very sloppy job. Yeah, it's it suggests to me somebody that's not a serious person. Right. It suggests to me this idea of an 18th birthday party is to put it uh, frankly bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm, I'm calling bullshit on the on really this 
this ent- entire the entire thing. thing. It sounds to me more like this is my okay. my theory. Uh, somebody tried to use a cake as a vehicle mm-hmm. for 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 storing some quantity of pot, uh-huh. and they used. It probably was an 18 year old. It was yeah. clearly some dumbass teenager. So you think the teen is blaming grandpa? Well, no, I I think grandpa uh, took cake. Got it. Okay. That that had a stash of pot in it. That the 18 year old. <laughs> you know, it could be the case that this was the 18 the the 18 year old's actual birthday present. Yeah. Uh-huh, it wasn't uh-huh. a cake to be consumed. Yeah. It was a cake that had his present in it. Got it. Which was two dime bags. Got it. Style. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That, that's exactly right. right. Grandpa was an unwitting mule. Right. That's it. Man. Or grandpa's just an awful person. I yeah, mean, right. Yeah. Right. Those are the yeah. two so possibilities. So easy to just be like, I didn't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Grandpa's either an awful person, tired of getting or, the same flavor of Jello in there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's also, by the way, lazy. Grandpa, a thank you gift does not. You don't. You don't no, repurpose yeah, a yeah, cake. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's right, no exactly. repurposing a cake yeah, as a thank yeah. you gesture. No. There's 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 a lot there's a lot wrong with this. The the piece did say that one nurse did have a bit of the cake, and um, this is a statement uh, from. The hospital, I believe, uh, only one member of staff ate a small piece of cake, did not suffer any ill effects, did not care for any patients afterward, and finished their shift. So, okay, didn't suffer any ill effects. There, there's a what, lot of room in that, that statement. What does that mean? Right. Maybe she enjoyed, like, a very nice trip. <laughs> Could have been. But she also stayed at work. She finished, she, like, the, the, the nurse finished their shift. So then they were just hanging out at the hospital. I don't know. Maybe all of a sudden, like a yeah, like a like a scalpel. All of a sudden, just looks fascinating after you've had some some weed birthday cake. I'm not sure. Um, It it sounds like a great party, though. Yeah. Yes, I I agree with that. Well done. All right, let's take a quick break. Hungry homies, quick word from our pals at Zip Recruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy. All you have to do is go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers, 80% who post on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners of House of Carbs can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carbs. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-A-R-B-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Hungry homies, today's episode of House of Carbs also brought to us by our great pals at Ben and Jerry's. It's summer. It's ice cream season. I am on a Cherry Garcia tilt, my taste buds. It is hot in Washington, D.C., so I'm I'm trying to cool down when I'm out on the, the back porch after a hard day's work, watching my little shorty out there getting his last few shots up. He's eight years old, and he's getting up, you know, uh, jumpers, 
getting ready for basketball in the fall. And the only way that I'm going to sit out there is with some delicious Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. It's light. I love the tart cherries. They're, they, I love it when I get a whole cherry. The whole cherry nugget is like a, a always a hidden prize. Lots of times, and it's perfectly wonderful this way as well. You get like a half cherry, a quarter cherry, but when you get a full cherry nugget, I'm telling you right now, Taste Buds, you are living life correct. Treat yourself to your favorite flavor anywhere ice cream is sold or find yourself a new favorite at benjerry.com. That's B-E-N. J-E-R-R-Y dot com. All right, Chief. Those first three were, were incredible. The bar has been set uh, at the very tippy top here. I think that we have some pretty good ones, too. Uh, okay, to good. Up let, 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 well. Let's hear it. Um, next, we're going to go to um, Australia. Um, we love Australia. We do. Uh, this is a website called Metro. Um, I didn't know this about Australia, but um, KFC has found its way to Australia. Um, KFC is worldwide, let there be no doubt. 100%. There is a very enterprising uh, franchisee down there. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. The headline is, Australian man is campaigning to get a Michelin star for his KFC. I'm already in support of this. As far as Michelin stars go, you would expect fancy dining and a lengthy wine list. But for Australian cook Sam Edelman, this doesn't seem to be a limitation. For his KFC franchise in Alice Springs, Northern Territory, Australia, he wants KFC to be more than just a fast food place. His branch is one of the most remote in the world as it is situated in the outback. And Sam says people travel for thousands of miles to have the chicken. He told Metro, it's about time it got recognized as not just a fast food place. (laughs) We use fresh chickens that are delivered into the store every day and hand breaded in our kitchen by our cooks. There is some skill involved. Now, here's where he starts to make um, his case. Um, Let's see. There are specific requirements to the process toward a Michelin star. To earn one star, a restaurant must be considered a very good restaurant in its category. For two stars, the criteria is excellent cooking. Here's here's the key. Worth a detour. To qualify for the elusive three stars, a restaurant must, must serve up exceptional cuisine worth a special journey, to which Sam said he has no doubt he has, he has achieved. I mean, look, the, the thinking here is, is amazing. He says that people travel all through Australia through like the arduous journey that must be the outback to get to his KFC. Sounds like a Michelin, a three-star restaurant to me. Um, in the first place, it seems extremely unlikely to me that people are traveling. Dare to dream. That's what I, I mean, say. I don't mind him saying it. And I do think it's possible that people are on journeys that are tens of miles or dozens of miles or hundreds of miles, perhaps even thousands of miles, and that their journey includes a stop at his restaurant. And I also think it's probably the case that his restaurant enjoys a unique and special status as an outpost of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And and I, I have no reason to doubt the fact that it is the only Kentucky Fried Chicken in his quadrant of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Right, if he's he truly in the, in the outback, yep. uh, I don't have the GPS up in front of me, um, so I can't geolocate exactly where he's sighted <laughs> in, in relation to any uh, nearby cities. But you know, uh, I feel like the homie is reading the, the the Michelin star criteria a little too literally. You know, I mean, look, when you're a businessman, you have to do whatever you can to market your your business. I, and as as a student of language. 
Um, I'm going to, I'm going to let him sort of be a little bit expansive about one, the, uh, the definition of a three-star restaurant and two, what it means to say that somebody took a special journey to your restaurant. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm going to let him play with this here. And also I, I will, um, admit to a little bit of local bias. I, uh, along with um, our good friend Danny Chow and yes. one of the Angelinos who recently um, was not too pleased with the reintroduction of Michelin here in the City of Angels uh, to, you know, all of a sudden come in and tell us what is honestly a good place for like a, a tourist from the East Coast to eat here right in L.A. Honestly, time better spent going in the outback. I think this piece says that there's no Michelin in Australia. I think that Michelin has like a great opportunity here to go um, into, you know, a, a gorgeous country from what I hear, uh, a, a, a true like remote part of the world and really do a service for us. L.A. is already extremely well covered uh, by food media, uh, local, national, international. I say it's time for Michelin to, you know, just kind of like rethink things a little bit oh, and I give love this guy this. a shot. I love this. Yeah. I mean, you know. No offense, Michelin. L.A. don't need no stinking Michelin. Go, how about this? Go try a new continent. New continent. New continent altogether. Expand your horizons, Michelin. I think the point you made er earlier is precisely the point, and it's the reason that I'd love to give this gentleman a hug, a pat on the back, uh, and sit down for a bucket of crispy. uh, There is no such thing as bad marketing when it comes to a restaurant like what he's doing. And so simply... Uh, you know, the idea of him calling up whoever he called up and saying, hey, I, I have this, uh, I want to make this point to somebody and then getting, you know, the local media to latch on and, you know, let him go ahead and make his case mission accomplished. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's done uh, all, all that he can do to call the special attention that he's interested in to his particular uh, KFC, his particular walk of life, that part of the world. Well done, Sam Edelman. I, I I will say, if I ever do find myself in the outback, I will be finding this KFC. <laughs> well, good luck because there's 640 in Australia. Oh, I, was, I looked up to see just in case there was like 50, and like people actually did have to go out of their way to go to any KFC. But there's almost 650. But that's on the plus. on the whole continent. Yeah, this yeah. is the outback. Like, but how many just, are we in need the, to see the depths of the desert? Though I imagine they're probably right. in I mean, the cities. Right? I kind of think. Remember how, like in the past year, everyone all of a sudden was writing about the very last blockbuster video in the world, like up in Alaska, Alaska or whatever, yeah. right? Maybe this this is this obviously isn't, isn't the last KFC in the world, but the whole idea that there is this uh, there is this huge international chain in this completely remote place, right? I look at least one person in this world has said, you know, I'm going to take a special journey to have KFC in the outback. So uh, I, I agree with you. I, I I wish him the best. I wish him regardless. the best as well. Great, another great story. Um, let's um let's keep it in the um fast food marketing sphere. Okay. Um, we're going to. <laughs> it's a strong um, suit of ours. It really is. We're going to talk about um this is Arby's. This oh, is in speaking of strong suit. Yeah, right. This is BuzzFeed. Uh, headline, this huge carrot is actually a big piece of meat just introduced by Arby's. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, basically the piece goes on to show, um, a bunch of, um, social media, um, posts in which Arby's has created a carrot out of meat. Um, it, it look like the, the first photo, it kind of looks like a carrot. 
But then the second photo that I'm looking at, it's glistening a little bit too much to be a carrot. It's definitely made out of some sort of meat product. Um, how, I, I'm interested to know what you think about this. My, my quick take is I'm, I really just want vegetarians and vegans to be okay just eating vegetables and vegan food and not spending so much time making it taste like something else. So this is maybe this is Arby's way of saying like, just be okay with who you are. We're going to be okay with who we are. What do you what, what do you think? I I mean I it's clearly tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. clearly a a reaction to uh, what Arby's Arby's needs to stand on Meat Corner. Right. That is their brand. They right. own Meat Corner. Yep. They have the meats. That's right. They literally have the meats, <laughs> Chief. So you know th- them uh, taking an opportunity to in the first place. You know, they, they have uh, turkey breast as a, as a product, as an offering mm-hmm. at their restaurant. And these carrots apparently consist of marinated turkey breasts and a carrot marinade flavored with dried carrot juice powder. Um, like turkey and carrot, that's not a bad combination. No, no. Like I can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm a slightly intrigued by the carrot juice powder mm-hmm. because, you know, I've, I've had over this... Uh, you know, there's been this, this, the onset of flavor profiles being heightened by things like fennel powder and, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, uh, sage powder, like taking, um, you know, herbs and, and uh, na- natural kind of flavor emanators and turning them to, into, you know, finely ground up dust right. and, and using them to enhance. Like it, yeah. it's not a new innovation no. by any means, no. but it's something that chefs are looking to do to produce the umami experience right absolutely and and this thing right here i gotta tell you i'm wondering sure. how it comes off now yeah. is there any do we have any reviews is anybody giving a taste of this thing and telling I mean, us th- there are a lot of people who are just sort of horrified at the sight of it you know they're they're, they're unfortunately just judging the book by its cover which in in this day and age just happens way way too much i mean a shiny meat carrot it it's a tough. It's not the easiest. Tough sell. Look, ooh, there is one. There is a there's a photo uh, kind of halfway down where it shows somebody actually cutting into it, and it does. And in <laughs> uh, the inside of it, it looks like like a like a nice delicious white turkey breast. Sure, I don't know. yeah. I'm not, and I mean, you, you're you're so right that that uh, there's all this molecular gastronomy these days where mm. you're taking these elements. And you're pottering them mm-hmm. and you're turning them into foam. I haven't seen this really done with carrots too much. I love I love a good carrot flavor. I think I do too. A carrot juice. I'm, I don't. I'm actually into that. I don't think I've ever enjoyed carrot marinade on anything. I don't. I don't That's think right. I've I've run into that in my walk of life, and I've definitely not bumped into uh, dried carrot powder. No. Dried carrot juice powder. No. So what does that what does that taste like? I'm I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. We're we're definitely intrigued. Great job, Arby's. Absolutely. So they, we're, we're in on meat based plants then, right? Well, I just like the I like the the idea. I mean, I wouldn't think of of carrots this way, and and no. Arby's has has <laughs> delivered that to me. No, no, not a vegan restaurant. I mean, to be fair, I, I haven't gone out looking for it, so. I don't want any of the the, the vegans at, coming at me. Right. My, for, for, for all we know, this is something that has existed in the vegan community for many years. It's true. 
Um, and now Arby's is just co-opting it. Probably. So that guys like us can sit in front of mics <laughs> and talk about it all day. But, and, you know, I mean, look. And express admiration to Arby's. Ill, Ill-attributed admiration. Right, right. But, you know, uh, what do they say? A rising tide uh, lifts all, all boats. That's right. I, You know, if I ever see this on a vegan menu, I'm going to have it. If I ever... I'm, I'm not going to order this at Arby's, but I we're going to talk about it. I would order it. this at Arby's. Okay. I would okay. like to try it now. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. Um, let's, let's keep things in uh, social media land. Okay. I um, like, I like social media. There's, um, there's a local ice, ice cream truck here in Los Angeles called CVT. I've had it before. It's really, really tasty. CVT as in CBT? C- uh, it's like, uh, Oh, it's CBD. C- no, 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 no. C- <laughs> C- C- Pardon v- me. CVT. Oh, I got it wrong every which way. It stands for uh chocolate vanilla twist. The three okay. options. All right. Um, it's, it's quite tasty. The, the guy who runs it is, uh, is a bit of a character and he is fed up with social media influencers. Here's oh. a story. This is out of people. Ice cream truck owner vows to charge social influencers double the price. This is this is so great. This guy's a hero. A Los Angeles-based ice cream truck owner is so tired of social media influencers asking him for free cones in exchange for quote unquote exposure that he has doubled the price of his soft serve for anyone claiming to be an influencer. We've decided to make this thing official with signage. We truly don't care if you're an influencer or how many followers you have. CVT Soft Serve announced on Instagram. Earlier this week, we we will never give you a free ice cream in exchange for a post on your social media page. It's literally a $4 item. Well, now it's $8 for you. Hashtag influencers are gross. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we love Joe. How do you say his last name? You think Joe Nikki? Joe Nikki? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. N-I-C- N-I-C-C-H-I. I mean. Joe Nikki. My only note to him is like, why not triple it? Why not triple it? <laughs> Why not tell them you are not serving them? I mean, if you come in and self-identify as an influencer, you are not welcome no, here. That's right. There's no price yeah. you can pay yeah. for this ice cream. Yeah. He's a businessman. That's I'm a- sure his margins are not like incredibly huge to begin with. If you're a, if you're if you're running a food truck, you are busting your butt all day. Don't come in and ask. The, and, and like he says. It's not like he's, he's serving like $28 steaks out of his truck. It's a $4 ice cream. Yes, that's right. And and he doesn't need an influencer's post. No, he does not. To help sell the idea of the fucking ice no, cream. No. Ice cream in the summer is delicious. Yeah, exactly. And it we're in sells Los itself. Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he has a special angle on it that that that's attractive. You know, his truck is a, is a successful truck. He's been doing it for five and a half yeah. years. Yeah. He don't need your no. influence, no. influencer. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I mean, it's it's and also like uh, I mean, social media influ- influencers are just the worst. Can we leave ice cream trucks alone for Christ's Leave the sake? ice cream trucks alone. It's an ice cream alone. truck. That's it. You know, I mean, like how, like you hear, and I'm sure he has like a different take on it, but come on, you hear that, like, that tinkly music and like there's something in your brain that takes you back to whatever your childhood was. And, you know, you want to run out and get like a, get a popsicle or a, um, a drumstick or something like that. This guy has like a modern take on it, which is great. Can we can we can we just not ruin everything with Instagram wanting to one just like overrun everything and two just want everything for free? If you're a successful influencer and you are making money off Instagram, I'm guessing that you have four dollars for a tastefully constructed ice cream cone that you can then photograph on your thousand dollar iPhone <laughs> to your heart's content. 
Some yeah. of these folks don't have uh, apartments, though. I tell you, I see him on Melrose, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, "What's going on?" He's got he's got his new uh, fanny pack on his shoulder, and you know, he's got thirty thousand followers, and he's just like, yeah, "I'm just trying to find a place to sleep tonight." And clearly, I'm supposed to say, "Stay on my couch." Right, right, not right. Absolutely, but, right. Not okay. Happening. True enough that the Instagram economy probably has uh, a few other things to uh, uh, to work out here, but <laughs> well, and and all credit to Joe, his p- public stance. His his frustration and fed upness uh, led to to uh, you know as a byproduct his own genuinely authentic viral moment. Yeah, he got all the social media right. reaction <laughs> right. that that he he deserved right. for taking this stance, and no none other no less than Adam Levine. Hired, hired the truck to come over yeah. and, and have everybody at The Voice enjoy some of his delicious ice cream. It's great. I mean, Kudos, Joe. Absolutely. He's beating them at their at their own game. He is. He honestly. kicked their ass That's is what right. he did. That's yeah. right. It's great. That's it's great. terrific. Well and done. Well absolute, done. Absolute hero. We have a lot of heroes in these stories today, Craig. We, we really do. And we've had a lot of good news yeah. also. Is there, yeah. Are there any bad stories out there? Um, Juliet and I sometimes bump into some some sadder aspects of the eating life. Yeah, you guys life. made me feel bad last time. I tried to find some happier stories. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. great. That, that, the, the, that's well done. All credit to Kyle here for yeah. a real uplifting um, month. It is the summer. We do want to feel good about ourselves. That's true. Culinary comrades, quick break to talk about our great friends at Uni, O-O-N-I, the average American is going to eat 46 slices of pizza this year. I am not an average American. I probably had 46 slices of pizza in January. Uni, fortunately, revolutionized outdoor cooking with the world's first portable wood-fired pizza oven so you can get restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. It is summertime and a great time to be outside cooking for yourself. The key to making great pizza at home is heat. Uni Ovens heat to 932 degrees, giving you the crispy outer and chewy inner crust. They have three distinct models, the Coda, the Uni 3, the Uni Pro, Your uni is not just for amazing pizzas. You can use it for perfectly seared steaks and vegetables. Two, I have been cooking with my uni. I've been experimenting with my uni. I have the uni coda. And while on the one hand, you may say, well, who wants to make pizza outside when it's so hot outside? It's not hot outside all the time. And the experience of cooking with the uni is such, you have this, this wonderful tool with a slide that lets you be far enough back so you have no issue whatsoever sliding your pie in, sliding your pie out. And you also, if you want to cook some beautiful steaks like I have been trying, especially ribeye. I'm on a ribeye kick right now. The sear is intense. And the heat in that thing is so good for getting that fat to melt down and start the marbling that I love. You just get your long tongs. Get your long tongs and stay away from the heat uh, uh, inside the oven. It's a lot easier than a grill. Go to uni.com and enter code HOC for 10% off your purchase. That's O-O-N-I.com to get your Uni Coda, Uni 3, or Uni Pro. Enter HOC at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Enjoy fast, free shipping on all orders over $100. That's a great deal. O-O-N-I.com. Code HOC. Hungry homies, support for House of Carbs today brought to you by Smart Water. Great taste deserves great tasting water. 
That's why Smart Water created two more ways to hydrate with the same great taste you know and love. New Smart Water Alkaline and Smart Water Antioxidant. Smart Water Alkaline has nine plus pH to help keep you hydrated while you are on the move. Whether you're climbing up a mountain or doing mountain climbers on your mat, or even just going from kitchen to table, grab a bottle of Smart Water Alkaline to move with you. Or if you're looking for a moment of zen, Smart Water Antioxidant with added selenium helps you find balance for your body and mind. So the next time you are craving me time, grab Smart Water Antioxidant. And now there's a way to order Smart Water. Just ask Alexa, order Smart Water, and the rest is taken care of. Yourself will thank yourself. Smart Water, that's pretty smart. You know, let's um we could we could talk about something that begins sad but ends ends heartwarming. Oh good. We, I, I'm, uh, we, we always like those on House of Cards. Um this is out of uh this is this story is out of Clearwater Beach, Florida. Uh customer leaves five thousand dollar tip for server grieving the loss of her dog. Oh. A server at a Clearwater Beach restaurant received ni- a nice pick me up after a very difficult week. According to WFTS, which is the uh, TV station down there, at the Clear Sky Beachside Cafe, uh, uh, a customer there dined in for a meal that was supposed to be a little under $60. However, to the server's surprise, the customer left a $5,000 tip to go along with the bill. Mm. The sizable tip came at a great time for the restaurant server, Ryan, who had recently put her dog down, according to Frenchies and Clear Sky Corporate. Uh, the restaurant did not release the customer's name. The customer is just, um, just to, you know, wants to go about living their life, be be a good person, give Ryan a pick me up. Um, you know, I mean, look, like the kindness still exists in the world. I think is the takeaway. It's unimpeachable. Kindness is unimpeachable, and you know, I, these gestures. I think um, I, I always enjoy reading about these gestures mm-hmm. because it is a, you know. I'm not going to take the the show off into this this political venture. We're not going down a, a a rabbit hole, but in an era where there are haves and have nots, the idea of being gracious and generous mm-hmm. when when the public when the tone and tenor in the in the in the public square is is filled with such vitriol and the inability to to empathize with people, a genuine act of sympathy and and empathy, both of those things mm-hmm. are present mm-hmm. here. Um, through something that clearly for the person that made the gesture, um, seeking no recognition whatsoever right. as a result of it, just connecting with another human being with something nice that they were able to do. This is a story that we love to tell and retell. Right Absolutely. Now. We have to do it. And how fitting that it happened over a meal. You know, I mean, like what's, you know, the, the breaking of the bread, the coming together at the dinner table. This was obviously, you know, a little bit more transactional in nature, but it started with a meal. That's what brought those two people together. Those two people never would have met if that person hadn't come into that restaurant and had an interaction with that server. And also like a recognition of that, of the the humanity of that transaction, mm-hmm. a server serving food to a, to a patron, to a consumer, um, you know, that, that, that transaction uh, so often can be fraught. Yeah, it can yes. end up, you know, with with whatever 
bad things have happened for the consumer as they've arrived at the restaurant and they're in the wrong state of mind to be patient with the with the uh, wait wait staff or for the for the wait staff to be in a in a bad place of mind and not to have the kind of enthusiastic you know presentation of of the of the products and the goods at yeah. the restaurant yeah. right and yeah. and so you know cutting through all of that sure uh, and you know the the fact that these two connected they connected in a way where the waitress was able to share her own personal story That's her right. personal loss yeah and you know. How many um, stories about tipping are actually positive ones? You know, tipping is such an awkward, weird thing, especially in this in this country. It's great to actually see somebody using it for uh, for for real good. Yeah, so well, good, good on another another hero right here on on Food News. That's it. Okay, let, let yeah, I think we have time for one more. Let's do one more. This okay. really, we saved this one. We'll I know you this saved one. this one. Let's I know, see. I know what it is because I knew we were going to talk about this Let's today. See. I'm going to find it. This is on uh, this is on the the Today Show website. Um, this is about a guy who is really just like experiencing a, a real renaissance all throughout media. Here's the headline. Guy Fieri's trash can nachos are making the internet gag. <laughs> the enormous nacho dish is actually served in a trash can at the Celebrity Chef's Las Vegas restaurant. I'm going to read just a little bit more here. Um, would you eat nachos from a trash can? question lead. What if those nachos were prepared by celebrity chef Guy Fieri? Okay, so Fieri himself may not be making the so-called trash can nachos at his El Burro Baracho restaurants. That translates to the drunk donkey, by the way, that has tweeters and a tizzy. Nice language there. Mm. But he's the brains behind the recipe that appeared at both Mexican-style eateries located at the Rio Hotel in Las Vegas and Harrah's and Lock. Laughlin? How do you say it? Laughlin? Laughlin? Laughlin, Nevada. Sure, Laughlin. Maybe Laughlin. I don't know. Uh, on Monday, a patron uh, posted a video of the nachos being served, and it's truly a sight to behold. The server is seen carefully setting down the can, which is filled with what appears to be an entire bag of tortilla chips, cheese, and sour cream flowing over the top. Then that can, which is really a big metal ring, is carefully lifted until one cylindrical nacho edifice beautiful writing, remains in the center of the serving dish, ready to be devoured. And then, you know, the uh, social media does what social media does, and they, they kind of lose their minds about it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very easily grossed out by uh, food stunts by this. Mm -hmm. This one doesn't bother me. What do you think? Well, the only thing about it, uh, and I'm not sure if you know, how much thought was put into the idea of calling like trash can nachos has an appeal as, as a, as a sound. It, it resonates in the ear, right, you know, right. kind of. Um, but it, it, it's not truth in advertising. It's not what this is. That is not a trash can. Yeah. That's not a trash can. Right. And if you called it, you know, uh, now I don't immediately have a, a superior replacement, but in 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 looking at the vessel in which these things were, were delivered, it was much more akin to either a paint can mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or uh, it was in the style of a paint can or or like a a, a large coffee can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and neither one of those give that the the the, the effect that no, you're after. No. Um, that's why and, he's a marketing genius. Though. Well, that's right. And and I'm trying to think: are there other trash can foods? Are there uh, that we we can? Are there other variations on on the the trash can theme? I mean, a trash can is big, you know. I feel right. like like buckets are used yes. a lot, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, there's something in 
Rochester, I want to say. Uh, it's called a garbage plate. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. Well, that. sure. That that's a very famous thing. That's yeah. that's an. Uh, do you know this? No, this is I don't an, know that. An Upper New York, uh, and and there are elements of it. That's beef on weck. I mean, I'm uh-huh. I'm gonna get. I'm 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 miss. I'm I'm uh, transmogrifying some of this stuff. Uh, but but yeah, the the garbage plate is a. A bunch of meat. It's a. Uh, it's like a. There's a sausage on there. There's ground beef. It's a. What, what you have the one? An element. A, a, a sample of it up there, Kyle. I'm um, looking. Let's see. Uh, Buffalo. I think it originated in Buffalo and Rochester, really. Um, and it's a. It's a. It's a. The idea of it is like a lot of stuff built yeah, up on, a onto a shit, plate. Yeah. It's yeah. really f- uh, a meal for a hangover, which is exactly why it originated in in upstate New York. Yeah, it's cold. You're hungover. Right. You need to sit down somewhere on you know sun, Sunday brunch. Football's going to come on right soon, and you need to just like get into your day. Oh, just get into with it with forkfuls of of you know right warm warm meat. You know, in the is there is there potatoes also? It says custom dictates you get your choice of two base items from a list that includes home fries, pasta salad, baked beans, mac and cheese, French fries, and other similar food items. And then after that, you throw like cheeseburger, eggs, fish, whatever else you want on it. Yeah. Wow. So I, I'm I'm aware of it in in this like where where meats, uh, like it's meat and eggs. That, that yeah. I, I forgot about the egg it's element. Ecology breakfast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. It's sure. a college, and and the the garbage element of it is like it's everything. It's kind of like you right. know it, it it's meant to to com- communicate that all kinds of stuff. These nachos actually don't look terrible either. No. No. I don't think so either. And you know. They definitely, um, there is a lot of um, skilled food construction going on there. Because if you look at the video, when she does take the can off, that thing sticks. It doesn't just fall apart. So there is, I'm guessing that there is just uh, a good bit of cheese used as spackling <laughs> throughout the whole thing. But I mean, you know what? My, my, my number one complaint is with the most nachos. Not enough cheese. Yeah, great. Too fine. Many dry chips. Absolutely. That's it. Exactly. Absolutely. And listen to the to the ingredients here, and they call it. You know, they recognize what what they're doing here. Uh, I can't believe that we're going to praise Guy Fieri, but we're going to do it. It's a it's a grand it's a grande shareable entree. It's gr- it's grand spelled with an e. You say that grande grande right? sure yeah grande shareable entree. Well, that now now I object. If you, <laughs> I was I was along for the ride until we got to the effing grande. Come on, man! It's a grand shareable entree. Yes, because nachos are shareable. Yep. That makes a lot of sense, right. and it is big. I mean that that's it's, huge. It, it's, it's a, a big lot. portion. Yeah, you should not eat of, that of nachos. But yeah. look, you get the tortilla chips, black beans, melty queso casero, pickled red onion. That this is taking this is elevating. It's great. Pico de gallo, crema, yeah, uh, crumbled. Cotija cheese, yeah, which yeah, I like, you yeah. know, that's a thing. Cilantro and jalapeno, and then you can put on a, a protein if you want. The yeah. carne asada, grilled chicken, carnita, chorizo. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The ingredients themselves are, I mean, we're just talking about nachos. Yeah. I mean, the, and nachos are great. Yes. Um, so our, our friends over on the Press Box recently have been doing a great job of um, documenting the renaissance of Guy Fieri. And oh, I think, Brett, I think we should talk about this. Brian, just, Brian Curtis and, and Dave Shoemaker over on the on the press yes. box. Okay. This, this has been talked about on the internet over the past like six months or so. Um, you know, obviously there is the Pete Wells review of Guy's restaurant in, yes. in Times Square. Yes, just famous. Absolutely annihilated. Annihilated. Guy. Decimated it. Um, now closed, by the way, that restaurant. It, it, it is. And and as 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 Brian and David have pointed out, the backlash has gone. It's gone all. It's gone full circle. Yes. And there's a backlash to the backlash. Right. And just my 
my quick personal story about that is, is I was recently uh, in New York and I had some time to kill uh, one night. Who has time to kill in New York, by the way? Terrible <laughs> job by me. But um, it, it was at night and I just threw on Food Network and I thought, you know what? I'm going to give Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives a, a, a shot. Triple and, D. A, triple D. Yeah. And Food Network just just blast that stuff all night. All night long. I probably watched it for a good two hours and I was never bored once. And I actually like, I had my own um, like, okay, guy, we're good now. Yeah. He's These a nice guy. Yeah. He he boosts up uh, like mom and pop shops. He does. He uh, The mission of Triple D is a, is a laudable one. Completely positive. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I he, he does exactly what you're describing. He inter- interacts and interfaces with the preparers of the food, the yes. chefs, the proprietors, yes. and and you know, always, always upsells, always says good things yep. about them, always, always being positive. Yep. I especially enjoy the um, element of the show when he picks the dish at the restaurant for the uh, folks to to make for him. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes he'll participate. Yeah. in the preparation. I especially appreciate how out of their way they clearly go to create a beautifully antiseptic cooking. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Like right. It, it is as though it's the first time they've ever had <laughs> right. this. Like they make this, you know, they're making a, the, a giant portions of, of of something like, like you know, meatballs, like giant meatballs yeah. to go on some particular meatball yeah. hero yeah. in, in yeah. Rochester, New York, yeah, let's yeah, say, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so they have a big, a big giant plastic thing to, to make the meat in and, you know, add all the ingredients in or whatever. It's a beautiful plastic container. Yep. It's, yep. it's a, it's transparent. So you can see through it. His hands are are perfectly enclosed in yeah. gloves. Like yeah. it's exactly what I want to see right, exactly. behind the scenes <laughs> exactly. of somebody making my food. The cooking, uh, the, the 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 oven and the and the um, flat top are always perfectly clean. That's right. It's like yes. So it, it validates for me. It is subliminally telling me, communicating to me what I want to believe. To- yeah, yeah, yeah. Which About is every restaurant like each to, yeah. and every time somebody's making me a plate of food, it's coming from a beautiful kitchen. Yeah, yeah. A perfect. kitchen. Where the cook yeah. and everybody behind there are are in a great frame of right, mind. Right, they're right. happy. Yes, they're they're uh, interacting with each other the way they might be interacting with guy. That's right. And the ingredients are coming out of perfectly clean and, right. and, and and antiseptic. Yes. And so, and I mean, n- no disrespect to any of the food on Triple D, but it is extremely heavy. Uh, usually, I mean, look, there's a reason that all this food lives in. me. <laughs> In Flavor Town, there's true. a lot going on there. That's true. If that food were made in a less than pristine environment, I would be much more biased against it. But right. you're right; the food is the star. The food, you is know, the star. it's it's it, everything else is just there to serve to serve the food, whatever, like the 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 stack of of meatballs or or like the the noodle bomb or whatever the hell they're making. <laughs> That's and it. um yeah. and I I wanted to eat like. All of it, every single thing, every single thing that I saw. Well, we've reached a high water mark, as as we always do here on Food News. A terrific summer food news. We're ending with with uh, the the praise and plaudits for for Guy Fieri. What a journey! Who knew? <laughs> we, we, we've been to Australia. We went to England and had a pot cake. That's right. That was, and, <laughs> and, and we 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 uh, got down to New Orleans for their beautiful uh, Wing, chicken thing, box. wingspan yeah, plate. Yeah. So I I think we've covered all our bases, Chief. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks today. for having me. Always. Um, I'm glad that Juliet will be back uh, next month, but uh, anytime. All right. Terrific. Thanks, guys.